1: This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr.
2: Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on.
0: Our freaks are on and we're back. We're back. (laughs) Does this feel weird? I, I don't know what to do. No, wait. It's been like two years since we've made a show, (laughs) (laughs) but we were determined to say that we weren't going to pod fade forever, and we didn't. We're back. Yeah, we're here. This is Sex and Science Hour. I am Stephanie, Dr. Stephanie Murphy, and you are Brian Sovereign, right? That's right. And uh, yeah, we're just happy to be back with you. It was cool to hear that theme music and get really excited for the show coming on again. Yeah, I started
1: dancing just like I used to. I did too. I had to
0: stop dancing because the vibrations go up (laughs) through the microphone (laughs) and affect the show. Anyway, welcome to Sex and Science Hour. I guess we should begin at the very beginning. Yeah, Um,
1: beginning at the beginning is is a good beginning.
0: Yeah. So why are we doing this show and who are we uh, is probably what people are wondering, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. (laughs)
0: Because some people know us from before, but in case you're new to the show, welcome. We hope you like it. Why are we doing this show and who are we? Okay, I'm Stephanie. I am a... Well, I am someone who loves podcasting. In fact, I'm also a med school dropout.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: I so I have combined these two passions into this none other than this show. I uh I used to be uh, an MD PhD student. I was trying to become a physician scientist, cure diseases, all that stuff. Um But somewhere along the way, I realized I just wasn't happy doing that. And actually, I was having more fun and enjoying more my hobby, which was doing a podcast. And that podcast happened to be a relationship show.
1: Yeah, it was a great one. Went like three hours every Friday. It was really something. And
0: the third hour was called Sex and Science Hour. (laughs) Yeah, which I
1: I think a fan might have come up with that.
0: He did. Yeah, that Yeah. that was a fan, Marcus. Yeah. So. Thanks, Marcus, for spawning the name of the show. <laughs> uh, but we really did all the hard work in putting this this show together. Right. So, like, for a while, I'd wanted to do, like, a spinoff show, um, but didn't get the opportunity until I became involved with another podcast called Let's Talk Bitcoin. Another one of my interests is, is cryptocurrencies, virtual currencies. I've been obsessed and interested in Bitcoin since the beginning, since I found out about it in like 2011, yeah. which was, oh God, now I feel old. It was like, that was like five years ago. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, um, so anyway, I I got involved with the other podcast, Let's Talk Bitcoin, and Let's Talk Bitcoin soon became a network, not just a single podcast. And I had an opportunity to start a show on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network and And that seemed just like the perfect opportunity to do uh, Sex and Science Hour as its own show. And it did. Uh, We started it. It became really popular. Um, Oh, I guess I should say the reason I'm a med school dropout is not because I failed med school or anything. I did very well. It's just that, um, you know, I quit because I wanted to do something different. And that was uh, to become a voice actor. So now I am a voice actor and a talk show host, too. That's that's more of a hobby. It doesn't really pay the bills, to be yeah, quite no. honest. My, my bread and butter is being a voice actor. So I do audio books, video narrations, phone system. Thank you for calling Sex and Science Hour. Yeah. <laughs> this is Stephanie. May I help you? You know, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, do a lot of voice projects, but uh, podcasts have always been sort of what brought me into this whole crazy world of making making a living with my voice. And I've never looked back since. I'm so glad I did that and made that career change. But I have all these interests and passions in the scientific realm, as well as the uh, sexuality and human relationships and psychology realm. And so doing a show like this allows me to just get all of those interests sort of rolled up into one little sushi roll and then serve out the unique pieces to you guys. <laughs> I love. I, I love. Was the that visual a terrible that? analogy? No, it works. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and you, Brian, um, you do a technology podcast. You are also a podcaster, right? Uh, your show is called Sovereign Tech. When that's your name, Brian Sovereign. Yeah,
1: S O V R Y N.
0: Yeah, in case you're trying to spell it. That's always a little bit tough. Yeah. Whenever you're on the radio or you're on a podcast, you have to spell things or else people don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, that's true. <laughs> so, But yeah. We're constantly, whenever we buy a domain name or we're trying to make a website for something, we're like, the first thing we think is, how is this going to sound on the radio? Yeah. That's why my voiceover website is smvoice.info, not like stephaniemurphyvoice.com. I have that one too, but right. I give out smvoice.info because it's easier to say. But anyway, that's a total tangent. I don't want to take away from what you do, Brian. You're oh, a technology podcaster. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of, you know, simple URLs, um, of course, if you want to find everything I do, it's zog.ninja. That's zog.ninja. And that'll take you right there. And,
0: do we and want you, to go into how you chose that name? Only
1: if somebody asks. <laughs> Otherwise, no. But <laughs> okay. But I do. Yeah, I have a podcast. Actually, you know, it's interesting. You, you were doing pork therapy. Your relationship show. Yep, that was my show. relationship show. And uh, out of that, I, I guest appeared on that uh, in its you know last year or so, and then I ended up doing my own podcast, which of course we mentioned was Sovereign Tech. And then yeah, I think really it just kind of this show, Sex and Science Hour, just really turned into you and I merging our
0: uh, merging our passions. Yeah,
1: right. Bringing that them together
0: in the bedroom too, because we are. Uh, partners that's yeah (laughs) that
1: we certainly do there's lots of merging that happens there that's for sure you know i
0: I think it's good to like mention this stuff because sometimes we get questions like sometimes people would tune into our show because like when we first started sex and science hour back in 2014 so oh god it was like two years ago at this point
2: yeah
0: uh Wait, was it even 2013? I'm not sure. It a long fucking time remember, ago, yeah. okay? <laughs> when we started Sex and Science Hour back in my day, um we would get a lot of questions like, are you guys together? Like I think he's kind of flirting with her. I think she's flirting with him too and and like yeah, we were together. It yeah, <laughs> was just, no secret or anything. We right. just I guess we didn't explain it well enough <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yep, we are partners as well as uh, podcasting partners.
1: Yeah, so the, I think Sex and Science Hour part of its magic was just that you know we like like I said we brought our passions together. I mean, certainly I do a whole lot of other things besides just a tech podcast. I also do cybersecurity consulting, uh, all of which you can find at the site. I, I make video yeah. games, I, Zomia offline games. Uh, you
0: are even a an artist. Like I you've am made a musician. Some yeah. albums.
1: Yep, I've released albums. Brian
0: has this weird hobby, like. We both have weird hobbies, okay? But yeah. Brian has a weird hobby of taking ancient uh, texts, like written on stone tablets, that kind of ancient text, right. and making them into audiobooks and writing original music and putting that in the background. Well, so uh, cool. yeah. I,
1: li- <laughs> I like to think of his performance art more than necessarily just audiobooks, but yes. Oh, okay, your, your, your whatever. Is... Artists formerly known as Brian Sovereign.
0: <laughs> you're going to be like the, the ultimate hipster. Pretty soon you're going to be changing your name to a, a hieroglyph and things like that. You know, and... it was
1: real close to me when I, when I, they did decide to, to change my name at one point in my life. I was like, what if I should just go with a number? What the hell? You know?
0: Oh my God, you really considered that. I don't <laughs> I doubt that. It, but... I believe you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but
1: anyway, that's that's getting way off topic. So
0: yeah, you do tech podcasts, you design video games, you um you have your performance art yeah <laughs> in the style of William Shatner's Rocket Man, it's totally who I who I'm in. That's it your inspiration, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, you have a daily blog. Like you do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I have in the, the Dark
1: Android Project. That's all about how you can get your mobile devices, uh, you know, private and secure again because you certainly can't buy them that way anymore. At least not really, right? Uh, so yeah, all kinds of things I do. Absolutely.
0: So after hearing a little bit about ourselves and our interests, then you know it should come as no surprise that this show is about science and technology, and with some sex thrown in there because that's fun.
1: Yeah, because it's certainly the thing right? we're most expert at, you and I, I think. Uh, well, <laughs> We're the best at
0: sex, well,
1: according I, to each other. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, not. I'm not speaking in the abstract. I'm just saying that we certainly uh, exercise, uh, you know, those abilities often, I guess you could say.
0: Oh, stop bragging. Just shut the <laughs> fuck up. No one wants to hear about that. No one wants to hear. I think you're
1: wrong, but let's keep going.
0: <laughs> okay, so what are we doing with this show? Okay, we've said who we are. What are your goals for this show, Brian? Why are you, Why are we doing this show together, according to you? Uh, why we're doing it together? Well,
1: for one, I mean, certainly we've gotten great response. We wouldn't be doing this if people didn't keep asking, hey, when are you going to bring Sex and Science Hour back? Yeah,
0: because Sex and Science Hour season one got... Way popular, like right. way more popular than I ever expected it to get. Uh, do yeah. we do we sort of tell the whole story of that anyway? It, it started out as a show on the let's talk Bitcoin network. I didn't expect anyone to listen to it, quite honestly. I didn't think anyone was going to care, right. But they did. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was insanely popular. In fact, I mean, just to give it, you know, we only did 20 episodes in the first season.
0: Not even 20. We didn't even make it. Was just, it 19? It was 19. Wow.
1: Okay. So we did 19 episodes. <laughs> what is slackers?
0: And, yeah. And, and here's, here's, just
1: to give some perspective, I've been doing Sovereign Tech, my show, for almost four years, and I'm just now approaching numbers, and really not even that sex and science hour, got, you know, as far as listens and downloads inside it's, of nineteen, it's got episodes. a great
0: name. That's it does. all. I, that's it's what true. I can say. Great SEO, you, right? You put sex in the title, people click on it. Yeah, right. I mean, who who doesn't want to listen to a podcast about sex where they might talk about sex, right? With a sexy girl who has a sexy voice. Well, I'll say and her boyfriend. I mean, hey. Well, I don't maybe they don't like the boyfriend part, yeah. but
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm the I'm the the reaction. But that's that's why I'm here, you know. That everybody You're the
0: knows. you're the foil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're so much yeah. more than that. You are you know, totally a part of the show too.
1: But I will say I love doing I, the the reason I personally love doing the show cuz obviously I wouldn't just do something because a bunch of people asked me to. That's, you know, that's kind of crazy. The reason I love doing it is because it it really makes we make sure that both of those main topics, sex and science, are fun, you know, instead of vilified exactly. or turned into something that is completely impractical and doesn't mean anything to anybody, you know, because you read a lot of these uh, sex, uh, you know, not sex, but science blogs. And I mean, it, it like they, they have to come up, they have to make up news and they start talking about science at a point to where it's really not personally applicable to anybody. As to where I like that this show, you know, delivers science news that is interesting, that isn't so much the theoretical, but practical.
0: Yeah, that's the reason I'm doing it too, Brian. I like the way you said that. It's because we basically want to do something to do a project together that's fun, that we can work on together and enjoy together. And what better way to do that than to just sit down and talk about fun things that we find interesting and maybe learn something in the process and maybe you'll learn something. But, you know, learning is not required. The reason we're doing this show is hopefully to be fun and entertaining. That's really it. There's no agenda, really. I mean, it's 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 infotainment. And as soon as it stops being fun for us, we'll stop. (laughs) which is kind of what happened last time because we just got so overloaded oh gosh don't kill us (laughs) I feel really I I have a lot of like anxiety about this I feel like we you know we got all this feedback from our listeners that they really liked our show and we were getting a lot of interaction and a lot of buzz and then we just kind of stopped and look okay I'm gonna apologize to our listeners for that I'm sorry we pod faded we just it was we just couldn't do it at the time. We got too busy. We were trying to like make money and, you know, podcasting is really fun, but it doesn't pay the bills. Now we're a little better off in that department. We're at a little place of a little more stability. And we also have a different plan to try to make the show pay us, which, you know, we're not gonna be asking for money, don't worry, but We've got a plan in that in that respect. We'll talk. We'll reveal the grand plan a little bit later. Yeah, let's do that later. But when we started the show, it was really under a different kind of uh, business model, and that it ended up not working for us. So um, we got kind of discouraged, and we were like, "Well, what do we do?" And then we had to kind of take some time off, two years, and regroup. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because you know, doing a podcast, I mean, you do want. You do it for you. You know, like when I talk about Sovereign Tech, like I do it because my opinions aren't heard. And in some ways, I think that's the same reason we're doing this show as well. That's another reason that's there.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I feel like I don't care about having everybody agree with me, especially not as much as I used to. I I don't care if you agree with me as long as you, you know. Right. Or I don't even care if you listen to my show. You can listen or not. If you like it, keep listening. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But... Um to- I think it's Sorry. nice to get some value. Sure.
1: That's right. I think it's nice to get some value out of doing something even if it is just for you to be able to get stuff off of your chest. It's nice to feel some vindication. And there's a bunch of different ways that that can happen with a podcast. And some of them I think are they're tough to get or they or they're just abject failures on their own. Like there's affiliate links. Everybody's got an Amazon link, right? And we're going to have one too and that's fine. Uh you know, there's uh, you can do donations. Um maybe you can get sponsors. You can get advertisers. But let me tell you I you know I amongst my many hats I'm an advertising exec and you could have one of the biggest shows in the country and it's tough to get advertisers it's very very tough only you know only very uh recently like in the past year have I been able to, with Sovereign Tech to get anything like that mm. so it takes time it's, you know but but yeah it, it just feels good to know that what you're doing you you know expressing your passions expressing your opinions you know get some validation back and and, and that yeah. and that comes in you know it needs to be worthwhile so us pod so, fading before um, you know, yeah, I, I apologize to the listeners, too. You know, because well, you I didn't like... do
0: it. I did. It, it was my fault. I, can, I accept full responsibility for the pod fade because you, Brian, have been doing your show consistently for like four years at this point, every week. You yeah, have a episode every Saturday. Yeah. Never, ever. So it's the pod fade is my responsibility. I'm sorry about that, listeners, but, you know, I do the best I can in every aspect of life. And I just wasn't able to do it for a while. But now I'm going to try again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, hopefully you forgive me for that. But um, yeah, we do the show as a fun and entertaining show. And, you know, to be heard, to talk, have our to express ourselves, whatever. You don't have to agree with us, like we said. It's really very low key. And that's how I want the show to be. I, d- I don't want it to be like a dumb show by any means where we're just like, oh, let's talk about sex and porn, you know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not what I'm going for. And I definitely don't want it to be like a hoity-toity show either, where we're like, oh, let's let's go over the newest discoveries in Nature magazine, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then this 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 happened in astrophysics this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be like that either. Uh, so what I'm going for is something kind of in between, and also like really fun.
2: Yeah.
1: Does that sound good to you? It sounds great. I mean, are we going to do listener questions again? Because that was always yes. the best.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the structure of the show. So we talked about this, why sex why it's called Sex and Science Hour, but we didn't talk about the hour part. So it's called that because it's an hour long. Right. <laughs> so we, we're going to have three segments to the show. The first segment is the intro segment and kind of a wild card. The second segment is either sex or science. And the third segment is whichever we didn't do before, sex or science. And you can send us listener questions. We're going to do listener questions on the show. We'll intersperse those. We will. Um, Our email is show at... Fuck. Our email is show at sexandsciencehour.com. It's not fuck at sexandsciencehour.com? No. Let (laughs) me start that over. Email show at sexandsciencehour.com. You can also email us through our new, brand new, shiny website, sexandsciencehour.com. Right? So we're going to do those three show segments, and we're also going to do an after show. Now, the after show is a real wild card because that can go as long as we want. And we're going to talk about whatever comes up, but we're also going to work in ways to monetize the show in there, but it's going to be really fun. It's not going to be like an ad cuz I know no one wants to listen to that. We're not going to subject you to it. You don't have to listen to the after show if you don't want to, but trust me, you're going to want to we'll cuz it it'll time. it's going to be good. Yeah. So <laughs> Let's do it. So that's our plan. Let's do it. Let's get started. You ready, Brian? Let's do it. Welcome back to Sex and Science Hour. It was almost like we never went away. I know, just get right because we in really the didn't. It was only for like two seconds. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, something might go in that break. But for the first few shows, we're going to leave it just as yeah, is. Yeah, that's fine. I mean we don't really need to promo anything. It's our first fucking show, up back and it would give us a break, okay? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, it's good to just just shake it up and let us, uh, you know, take a breath mm. and break up the show.
0: And I, I want to say like we're not going to put like ads and promo. We're not going to fill our show up with like ads and promos to we're start off with. That's obnoxious. Nobody wants <laughs> to listen to that. I was telling uh you know, we were talking about our plan for the after shows and that's going to be like, you know, some subtle like ways to help us make money on the show, but it's not going to be obnoxious. or in your face, and you don't have to listen to it. Yeah. So, Sex and Science Hour is blazing the trail for podcasts, right? It, to try I, to make it work for everybody.
1: Yeah. If you want like annoying ads, go on the internet. Don't you know? You don't have to get them on. <laughs> go on the Science
0: internet Hour. without an ad blocker, huh? Aye. Uh, who does that? Well, I do sometimes, <laughs> 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 only when I want to punish myself. That's right. When I'm feeling in like a BDSM mood. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: Wow!
0: Never in that. We never went there. We
1: never go there. Hey,
0: no. (laughs) Okay, so Brian, you know we took a break from Sex and Science Hour for like two years because, well, let's be honest, we just wanted some time alone, didn't we?
1: Yeah, maybe we wanted some time alone. Maybe you know we're just so. Intellectual that we just need. We're to... so
0: smart that we couldn't stand to be around people, and we've been telling everyone that for years. But now there's actually some science to back us up. You want to hear about it? <laughs> Great segue, huh? Yeah, I mean, we just sound pat pat like absolute prima donnas. That one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a study that came out, and it was reported in the Washington Post. We'll link to all of our articles in our show notes, of course, at sexandsciencehour.com and on SoundCloud, Sex and Science Hour. But um, anyway, a study came out and was reported on showing that people, okay, there were two findings from this study. The first finding was that people who live in cities and more densely populated places are unhappier, are less happy than people who live in more sparsely populated areas. Yeah, So basically, the more space you have, the happier you are in general.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of research on this, more than just what was in this story from the Washington Post, which there might be an angle there, but we can get into that after. Uh, I mean,
0: I've always intuitively felt that it was true. That doesn't count as science, by the way. It's just my personal feeling. Right. Uh, I prefer to have more space. You know, well, than to have than to live in a crowded city like New York or something. I know lots of people disagree with me, but I never actually saw a study to back it up on a population level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I, I think it could be broken down. You know, you look I mean, humans are animals. You know, uh, I mean, an an advanced one, but, you know, humans are animals. I mean, what happens when you put a bunch of the same animal into a very small cage? Oh, they They, fight. They fight. There's agitation. There's all these things. I mean, to think that those kind of stressors wouldn't affect humans as well. And I know some people say, well, you know, the city can be very freeing and all that. And there's, there's some truth to that. But I think there are a lot of underlying things that go on in the human psyche that just don't get explored. And I think this is one of them.
0: Can I tell you a secret that's going to make me sound like a total oh, something? Man. It's it's going to make people hate me. This is why me. people listen. Go ahead. <laughs> Every time I go to New York City, uh, I feel like I'm in survival mode, like I'm in the jungle or something. You are in the
1: jungle. As somebody that grew up in New York City, that being me, you are in the jungle.
0: I don't know. It just to me who lives in the rural place, the sticks in New Hampshire, Suburbs at very best. Um, I just feel like every time I go into a city, especially New York, because it's just bigger and more crowded and more busy and happening than other places than even other cities. Yeah. I just feel like there's all these new problems that get created that i then have to go go and try to find ways to solve. And it's very expensive, it's very taxing like just going out, me being like kind of introverted in some ways, you know, i go out into the city and like by the end of the day i'm just exhausted. I'm like, oh, i really need a like a retreat or something. I Need to go and crawl in a hole and be alone for a while to recharge my batteries. Do you yeah. feel like that too?
1: Yeah, now i do. I mean, and even growing up it was like cuz i i kind of moved between upstate New York and New York City, you know, back and forth. Um it, it it is there is you know it is the concrete jungle you know i mean i think that's a fair that's a fair assessment to make of it uh it it you get that there's an edginess i mean there's you know something that that like everybody learns in new york city is to say they're sorry like if you bump into somebody you say you're sorry you both say you're sorry, though. It doesn't matter who blamed what or whatever. I mean, you just because
0: you don't want you're afraid of a fight. Yeah, you starting. just don't
1: want. I mean, but but this is the thing
0: is and everybody's on edge. Yeah, constantly. there's this constant <laughs> underlying
1: views. agitation that exists with human beings living in the city. Uh, and, you know, there's some people who say they love living in the city. But, you know, honestly, I think they're, they those might be the same people living in nicer parts. Uh, of that city,
0: perhaps. I don't know. There, there's, yeah, maybe. I mean, not everybody lives in cities like by choice, right? Not every. Sure. Most we we did a a study or we covered a study on the show during season one, I remember, which said that like basically most people don't move out of the out of like a ten mile radius from this the town where they grow up, right? And, and it's like ninety percent of people, or some huge percentage. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know. To a certain extent, maybe you get used to just wherever you're used to being, and then you kind of rationalize why it's good to stay there or why you can't leave for some reason well, or whatever.
1: I think it comes down to jobs. I mean, it's just like if you want if you want a you know high paying job, generally, yeah, you've got to go to the city. Now, what's interesting is, but that,
0: a, but a high cost of living accompanies that,
1: right? But most people don't you know necessarily think that way. They like the fact that they get to say, "Oh, I make this and so much," you know, uh, to whoever they. You know, for whatever reason. But what's interesting that's happening is, is that now, you know, where you have, you know, the Internet, which is decentralizing the ability to, you know, where you need to work from. Uh, now people are going all over the world. They're not mm-hmm. sticking in one spot. Uh, yeah, you know, but, th-
0: you know, it takes some mental uh, strength or I don't know, it takes it takes somebody who's naturally a little bit curious to question that um it's basically social norm sure. of the status of having that high paying job in a city. You know. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but I, I agree. I think that the city is I mean, obviously, from an evolutionary standpoint, I think it's pretty obvious cities are not the way humans were ever like designed to live. That doesn't mean it's bad, but it does mean there's consequences, I think.
0: Sure. Yeah. Especially when you consider something like the Dunbar number. Right. Yeah. Which is like that. Basically, people only have the emotional bandwidth for so many relationships, so many acquaintances. Yeah. It's maximum about 150 it's like, people. Yeah. Or 150 to
1: 250. But even that the the Dunbar number breaks down even more to where actually to have really meaningful relationships, like like empathetic relationships. It's five to 15.
0: Yeah. Which isn't know? very many. No, that's not a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. So now you don't have to limit yourself by the Dunbar number, you know, and technology certainly helps with that. But keep it in mind you know if there's something you know if you're feeling off or something's going on well
0: I feel I feel like the Dunbar number limits me I don't sure. I don't want it to limit me <laughs> I like to think I have a lots of bandwidth for tons of relationships and contacts but the reality is I don't Yeah. And there are times when I fall behind on emails and messages. I fall behind on keeping in touch with people. I'm not very good at reaching out. Sometimes my friends will say, hey, I haven't heard from you for a really long time. I'm concerned what's going on. Some of them know that that's kind of normal because I don't tend to reach out. Yeah. Because I just because people reach out to me and I can't even keep up with that sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it gets weird because, and and this might be a good segue into the second part of this because yes. that may be because you're intelligent, but it, <laughs> but it does get kind of odd. Like now, now we're to the point where like if you don't converse with people, like if I don't post on Facebook, uh, you know, for like a couple days or something, I start getting the messages. Is something wrong?
2: It's like no, Are I didn't post on alive? Facebook. What the <laughs> hell do you want? <laughs> you know, it's
1: like why is that some kind of requirement? I, well, what is it? The the D. De- what what's the dsm
0: or oh the big book of crazy yeah the big book of crazy the uh the diagnostic and statistical manual which is which details uh the the, all the psychiatric diagnoses that are decided by committee by the american psychological association
1: right well the people that have compiled that i don't know if it's in the dsm-5 yet but the point is is that they've said that well if somebody doesn't have a facebook account they're likely uh you know a sociopath or they're nuts or insane i mean in that
0: Yeah, there are people lobbying to get that in there in the diagnostic criteria that you could be diagnosed with something if you don't post on social media. Right.
1: Which is crazy when in actuality, maybe the more truth that this article kind of brings up. Is that, no, those kind of people that don't need to post all the time and aren't interacting all no, the time yeah, they got the might right just idea. be really intelligent. <laughs> <So> <laughs> or they like, just
0: don't want to. I mean, yeah. who cares, right? Like, what's? it's not a requirement, like you said. So anyway, this study found that people who live in more densely populated areas tend to be less happy than people who don't. But um, it also found that if you see, like, your close friends, most people, if they see their inner circle relationships, their close friends, often they feel a greater sense of happiness and well-being. But people with high IQs, people who are, uh, you know, intelligent, if you could consider IQ a measure of intelligence, which it has a lot of problems, don't get me yeah. wrong. There's tons yeah. of biases in IQ. I'm not a huge fan of it, the hugest fan of it myself. Right. But basically, high IQ individuals, they don't get that extra happiness from spending a lot of time with friends and close uh close individuals.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I can imagine I just a- want to be alone. Well, they maybe they just want to process what goes on for them, you know, and that's a good thing. I mean, that you know, that's something else, too, that happens for so many people. You know, they're so busy looking at their screens or looking around the city or whatever that they don't really get the chance to really process what happens to them throughout the day. Right. And they start to normalize potentially some very unhealthy things. Uh,
0: oh, man, I feel like most people don't have a lot of time to process or don't take a lot of time no, to process don't. what's yeah. going on for them. Some of that's intentional because sometimes you you see or experience stuff that's stressful, traumatic, depressing, you know, unpleasant, and you don't want to take a lot of time to dwell on it. You'd rather just kind of forget about it. But I don't know. There's some people that really do need a lot of time to sort through what's happened to them in their life that day or that week or that year. And it's hard to do that when you're interacting socially with people because that also takes emotional bandwidth and firepower and energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think there's other aspects to it too, because, you know, I think a, a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say high IQ, but like people that are really self-aware that, that engage in critical thinking, um, I think they like to be the best person they can be. I think that's a byproduct of how they think or, you know, or uh, their processes through their day. And because of that, I think that they want to limit their social interactions maybe sometimes, and I'm not saying this, is maybe, maybe this isn't a good thing, but you know, maybe they just, they want to be the best person for you or they want to give you all of themselves to be able to help you. And maybe they know they can't. And so they're kind of standoffish or something like that. I mean, or you they're, think they're, maybe there's so much behind
0: it. You think maybe they're they're trying to sort of get some feedback about like how they're doing. You know, they're kind of reflecting on, oh, well, how did that go before I before I engage in any more social interactions and spend this energy on that? How did this last thing go? Yeah. I think that's a total possibility. Sure,
1: sure, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of reasons that, you know, that that certain kind, and it doesn't have to be, you know, Asperger's or whatever, like it, it can just be straight up, uh, you know, just that that they want to process what's going on for them. And, you know, you got to take time to do that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but I, I want to bring up, if I if we have time, yeah. like, I want to bring up that there's the potential that the, you know, the Washington Post is run by, um, or is now owned by Jeff Bezos, the the CEO of Amazon. Okay. Okay.
0: And granted, this is a guy who's invested- Is this the beginning of a conspiracy well, theory?
1: <laughs> I'm going to toss it out there just for the giggles. I don't believe this, but I'm going to toss uh-huh. it out there before someone else says it. But I mean, there's the chance that, you know, he loves reporting on this stuff because really he makes a lot of money off of introverts. You know, he, I mean, he really does. With Amazon, oh, you don't even have to go to the store. You know, we'll bring it right to you. That's so, totally
0: me. I'm raising my hand high. Right. So, <laughs> What is better than not leaving the house? Brian, It this happened today, okay? Today, I had a reminder on my calendar that um, a mailbox that I have at a mailbox store was expiring and I had to renew it. Right. And I was like, man, oh, I, I, I'm sitting at the kitchen table with my head in hand. And I'm like, oh, and you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong, sweetie? And I'm like, well, my mailbox is expiring, but and I gotta renew it. But I just don't feel like going out. I, I, maybe I should call <laughs> them and see if I can renew it over the phone. Oh yeah, I'll call them. So I did, and yeah, I was able and to you renew it over
1: the phone. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so, but, <laughs> it was like a big, major thing. I know first world problems, right? Yeah, it was a big deal. I didn't want to. I didn't feel like leaving the house, and but that happens a lot to me anyway. Who's kind of introverted? At the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to see people i don't want to go to the grocery store i just can't deal with it right now (laughs) yeah well especially i mean well for you you know
1: and myself to some degree too i mean you know we are we make we make our living off of our to some degree our passions our ability um
0: we work on the internet yeah we work on the internet
1: and that takes a lot of you know even with your voice work like you have to do various uh
0: it's still customer service and dealing with people. Sure. Even, even, it's still interfacing with people, even though I'm not doing it face to face.
1: Right. But you have to do various, uh, you know, different accents and things like this. You have to pull out some real creative powers. And there's very few things more draining than having to be super creative. And both of mm. our, you know, uh, lifestyles require us to be super creative, I think. And so that, you know, that, that drains the battery, the social batteries too.
0: Oh my God, we are such hipsters. We just can't deal with going to the fucking grocery store. Okay. Like, there's just no way.
1: I could deal with it, but I think, I think there's some truth to the fact that Jeff Bezos would love. For the narrative to be out there that well, if you're, if you're introverted,
0: it means you're smart. Shop yeah. on
1: Amazon. You
2: know,
0: <laughs> I got you. Like, yeah, like, that's I mean, the Washington Post is was just shy of saying
1: it's like, man, well, we have these metrics. I mean, look at all these high IQ people that shop on Amazon. They don't even go to the store. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's great native, uh, you know, native advertising, right?
0: Clever so, thinking, Brian. This is why uh, this is why this I do is, sovereign tech. This anyway, is why no. you do sovereign tech. <laughs> yeah. Go to Tech dot com to hear more. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that makes me not want to be around people even more. I saw a Kickstarter this week for none other than beer brewed with vaginal microorganisms what yep somebody Is this like has ice cream finally made done out it. of
1: breast milk that shit's good
0: well that wasn't uh that wasn't using bacteria oh, and right, right, presumably right. fungi other right. micro microbes that live in people's. Inside of people, in their guts, <laughs> in their vaginas, and what have you. Um, I think it, this really started when there was like a there was a med student actually, an MD PhD student, the thing that I used to be. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't me. Okay, she took her vaginal lactobacteria, lactobacilli, which okay. is the thing. A, a type of lactobacilli are used to culture yogurt. Okay, and she took her her lactobacilli from her vagina, and she made some yogurt, and she posted about it on the internet and everyone went, oh, isn't that gross slash cool slash cute slash interesting? She made yogurt from her vagina. And then it spawned a whole trend. Someone started making bread with their vaginal microbes. Someone started making cheese. There's a market
1: for this, (laughs) right? I mean, don't don't people end up buying it or no? I don't
0: know if any. I mean, it's kind of a health like like how can you be sure that you're not ingesting <laughs> like how do you know that what you're getting is something you'd want to be ingested i don't know i mean human pathogens are transmissible in that way so you got to be careful right gotta, yeah usually when people make um a cultured product whether it's cheese yogurt whatever kombucha Kombucha? (laughs) They isolate some one or two strains of bacteria and then they only use those to do the culture, right? Because it gives it a specific taste. But if someone's just taking like a a random sample of whatever's in wherever they take the culture from, it's going to be a mishmash of all kinds of different bacteria and who knows what's in there.
1: Yeah, you definitely want some quality control in this. Now, I mean, myself, and this is just me, I don't care what other people do. You know, they can do what they want. Uh, There's nothing disgusting about the vagina. But the beer,
0: <laughs> I know I have to say, I'm I'm like more turned off by the beer. Yeah, than I mean, I uh, the cultures tea holder. that are used. Yeah. <laughs> it.
1: So I, I really don't care about the beer. But I mean, making stuff out of, well, aren't there like whole cults like in China and some other areas where they're big on drinking, you know, various vaginal juices and...
0: i thought it was drinking like semen because it's like oh, yeah, some kind that. of taboo or cultural myth where you know it represents like male power and
2: <laughs> there's yeah. like these
0: cults where these women try to like obtain semen and then they use it to like empower themselves or something like that um no, i don't know I, if that's really true but I, i've heard it well one i think is true i do believe
1: that there is a, really like an old in just for a blanket term pagan uh practice of drinking menstrual blood Like that that's and it's considered to be very, you know, a really virile. uh, People do
0: all kinds of stuff. And you know what? The vast majority of people throughout humanity have not died from it. Good for them. Right. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to argue with with people's practices of eating fermented foods and so forth. It's probably actually pretty healthy. But um, the thing that the thing that really turned me off about this stupid Kickstarter is they were selling the way they were marketing it was they took the vaginal cultures from some Czechoslovakian model, okay? Okay. Or, wait a minute, Czechoslovakia, it's a Czech Republic, right? Yeah, it's just Czech. From a Czech model, okay? Someone (laughs) out of Prague or God, I'm really stuck in the 80s, Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's a good thing.
1: Uh, (laughs) And let's be clear, I mean, it's not like you're... You know, you're not against vaginas. You're a big fan. You Oh, love, I'm a
0: huge I mean, a you A huge love fan. Not vaginas. only do I have one. I'm yeah, the owner of one. But, you, but I appreciate them on other I mean, people.
1: I love them. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> what are you saying there? <laughs> well, I'm just saying you, you know, I like women in you, that way. You love yes, women in I that, do. Like in that way, I like girls. So, <laughs> so, let's but, just get but, that right but, out yeah, there. You love women. I mean, like in that way. So, but the way they were marketing this was ridiculous. They, they took the bacteria from a beautiful Czech model and they said every sip of oh wait, let me do it. Every sip of beer is like <laughs> you are sitting between her legs, consuming the essence of woman. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little ridiculous, I it, well, think. It was more than a little ridiculous. <laughs> and fortunately, they're not getting good market signals. Thank goodness that these people were not getting... In like, I don't know, a couple of weeks, they had raised like something pathetic like 300 dollars or something it wasn't or 300 euros excuse me because this is all european okay that's yeah. why i did the french accent nothing against french people okay i really not at all absolutely i not. just i've been working on this audiobook and it has a french character and, and so I, I think I've had a chance to practice my- right on and i think the
1: french language is going to be the language of the future it's, it's the language of English love now
0: it's going to be the language of the future too that's right <laughs> but anyway so the this kickstarter was not doing well and i'm not surprised about that okay it's dumb <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous i mean bad like, idea just take it like okay we watch shark tank do you guys watch that shark tank is a is an american show where these uh, entrepreneurs pitch to venture capitalists and they sometimes they get rip, ripped into shreds there's a guy on there kevin o'leary and he says take it behind the barn and shoot it <laughs> i really wish they would do that with this vaginal beer because it's just no yeah
1: no i i'm with you Please, especially the way no. they're, they're marketing it like
0: and, well, what if they were marketing it as like a
1: lesbian beer
0: um like how would you feel about you that? know like why not just see pussy right if you really well, want I, the taste of... That's perfect logic. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I have Why does it need to, to be a beer? <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other thing I was wondering, I'm like, come on. How do you know that this, these cultures are from Alexandra, whatever her name was, the beautiful Czech model right. pictured in this right. Kickstarter images? How do you know it's not from like the guy's mom? Who's making this Kickstarter? How do yeah, you know it's not from, like, a bus, a toilet seat uh, <laughs> in Germany somewhere? How do you know it's not from a bus a bus station or something? Like, It just... Uh...
1: Yeah, it's marketing you can't really prove. Yeah, like, I, I think that that's, imp- that's nearly impossible to prove. It kind of reminds me of uh, the, the very first Kiss comic, you know, the band Kiss. Mm-hmm. Back in the 1970s, they had Marvel Comics issue number one, and supposedly they poured each member, each there's four members, each one of them poured their own blood. An old little vial of blood into the ink and all that stuff. Oh, that like, sounds well, you,
0: like such bullshit. Well, that's the thing. you, how can't are you really ever going prove f- it? Right. Yeah, verify that. Yeah. I mean, you can think that if you want. Right. Maybe some people, suckers, will believe it and they'll pay extra for it. But. Well, they're a great band and great marketing geniuses I'll When that's your that. main thing that you're marketing it on, yeah, I mean, you need yeah. a little more proof. Yeah. Someone get a blockchain in there. I don't know. I don't know but, how but that just, would help. You know, I just want to <laughs>
1: say really quickly that. I want a
0: trustless beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, please. We don't need to blockchainize everything <laughs> but uh, uh but i you know i will say that the whole breast milk you know using breast milk for cooking and and, and you know, making dishes and all that yeah that's actually I, interesting i think that's fine i think mm-hmm. that's a fantastic thing i'm a big fan of breast milk i just think it's wonderful and i don't know why anybody else isn't but anyway
0: i mean we do it with cows why it's not the water of life not not to compare human lactating women to cows at no, all no, it's not just by no that means. it's just that why do people think it's fine to drink milk from a cow oh well, i guess because it's pasteurized and stuff but yeah. anyway, well, you know, things like HIV can be transmitted through breast milk. Really? There are human pathogens that can be transmitted through human breast milk if I, other humans consume it, right? Even if it's a baby or an adult or whoever.
1: I didn't realize that. Or I just didn't think about that. It makes perfect sense. I just didn't think about it. But could we do something about HIV?
0: Well, now we may be able to segue. Gee, Dolly willikers. <laughs> Um I wanted to talk about this story that you sent me Brian because I thought that was pretty this was pretty cool. Um HIV genes successfully edited out of immune cells. So some researchers from Temple University took the um CRISPR gene which is like a CRISPR not gene. CRISPR is a gene editing It's a technology uh, molecular machine. Yeah,
1: it's very exciting uh, what it seems to be able to do.
0: Yeah, it can go in and target like specific regions of DNA and then just cut them out. That was a weird noise. I don't know if I'm going to leave that in. But anyway, um, (laughs) no, this is part of the rule with this show. We don't edit. Okay, we don't have ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, we don't edit. (laughs) I don't edit either with my
1: shows. I, I think it sounds more casual. I listen to shows where they don't edit. You know, because yeah. two, two things, real quick, two things can happen. One is, is that you don't sound natural. The second thing that can happen is, is that somebody can sound really intelligent when they're not.
2: Mm, you know, because right. a lot of
1: things get edited out. I hate that. I I do not like to make somebody sound, you know, far smarter than they actually are. But anyway,
0: <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I mean. Maybe I...
1: CRISPR could help with this you know, <laughs> and actually make them
2: smarter. We need a
0: CRISPR for a podcast version. <laughs> we need a CRISPR to go into our podcast and just go, go to all the ums and uhs and all the weird noises That's and all right. the things that we're embarrassed about and just just kind of clip, clip them out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so like, well, with the HIV, I mean, were they were they able to erase it from you know somebody infected and old, or was this in just like a a laboratory? Somebody
0: infected and old, infected an, old, or infected nice in an adult. Visual- I should yeah. say. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it was a patient. I don't know how old they were, but they okay. had. So they, I guess, they had a patient who had. Um, Maybe T cells that they had in the lab that were Mm -hmm. infected with HIV and HIV is a is a retrovirus. So what it does is the virus's DNA actually goes and integrates. It goes, it goes, jumps right into your genome. That's part of your cells. Right. So it's very hard to get rid of uh, of retroviruses because they just intercalate right into the person's DNA. It's like they're always there. So yeah. CRISPR is a great tool, you know, is is a great use case for this. Yeah. Or, or wait a minute. Retroviruses are a great use case for CRISPR because um, if they jump into the DNA, uh, the only way to get them out is to kind of cut them out to specifically target the region of DNA where they are. Yeah. And they integrate like randomly. I think they have some kind of integration sites, but it's not like there's only one spot in the human genome where they can integrate. It's there's multiple places possible. And uh, some retroviruses can cause cancer because they just randomly integrate into the DNA and they can disrupt like tumor suppressor genes or other create other oncogenes, genes that lead to cancer. So anyway, it's bad news. Um, But, you know, interestingly enough, like the human genome actually has a ton of DNA in it that's foreign, that's not human. And it's from... aliens retroviruses there's these things called transposons that are just like random little pieces of dna that kind of jump around in the genome and then just get into our dna
1: yeah I mean, well, we like, don't
0: really know like where they come from or like why they're there. Right, right. <laughs> it just seems random. Yeah, you're right. They're not random, but like we think of them that way because we don't really have a fucking clue what they're doing there. Right, because right? there's a lack of understanding, <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: So, anyway, now these scientists have actually gone into these immune cells and edited out the HIV parts. Isn't great,
1: that cool? It's amazing.
0: I a hope they can do step. that eventually because no one wants to take expensive drugs that have side effects their whole lives. Right. And hopefully, eventually... HIV will just be like the common cold, where you just get rid of it. I hope so. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. This is Sex and Science Hour. My faith in humanity is restored after that vaginal beer thing now. This is Sex and Science Hour. Welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh, we're finally getting back into the swing of things, aren't we, Brian? We are I feel bad. like we never stop doing our show, don't you?
1: No, you just, it's like riding a bike. You just get, you I mean, just it takes right a few back minutes. You get back on. Yeah. You know
0: what else is like riding a bike? Riding a big old dick.
1: Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's a segue <laughs> that's into a, our next segue. That's going to be a clip that somebody's going to use <laughs> for like, they're going to keep rewinding and listening to.
0: You know... We have some friends that are also podcasters. Yes. And one of our friends' podcasts, Puke and the Gang, which is one of my favorite shows, um, they actually... Have clips that they play on the show, and they'll play sound effects. We actually tried to do this like our first couple episodes of Sex and Science Hour. Do you remember? Yes, this, we Brian? tried to do a soundboard. We failed so hard it's, at, at doing it's this. Tough. Yeah, you've got to have
1: like like
0: the... you need a producer. You need yeah. a dedicated person to play the drops because there's puke. One of the guys that's on this podcast um, sits there and clicks on the drops at the perfect comedic timing. Yes. He, he plays funny sound effects, basically in the show as people are doing the show live, that make it so much better. So anyway, um, I, I was just thinking, yeah, if somebody wanted to make drops for Sex and Science Hour, they could sort of cut out that little segment <laughs> of me saying that. Maybe they could send it to a different show. I don't. Who knows? You could. You crazy people. With too much <laughs> You'll time figure out hands something. With you. I'm sure they will figure so, out something. So, but why did
1: you bring up you riding a giant? I didn't dick? bring up me riding it. I oh. brought up. Someone See, here, I am just <laughs> getting this was ahead like of the, myself in the
0: abstract. Oh, you in know, in the
1: abstract, okay,
0: riding a dick is kind of like riding a bicycle. You just, you even if you haven't been on one in a while, you just jump right back on and you remember exactly how to do it. And the reason uh, I'll, I, <laughs> I'll have to take your word on that. <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because, um, Brian, in honor of our first episode of season two of Sex and Science Hour. We did a little experiment of our own, yes. a scientific test of for science. For science, we watched porn. We did. Yes. And it wasn't just any porn. It was virtual reality porn. Now, everybody's saying this is like the beginning of the end. P- everyone's going to be walking around with things glued to their faces, strapped onto their faces. Right. Watching porn all fucking day. Jerking off, not doing anything <laughs> productive. this is like the beginning of idiocracy. So go wait. away, Baton. right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> well, like so what what exactly would be any different?
0: <laughs> than the way things are now <laughs> things see that's are. a good question i don't think it will be different because so what we did is brian you you've been interested in virtual reality i am
1: so bullish on, all kidding um, yeah. all kidding
0: aside you know it is actually a, virtual reality in general not just for porn but yeah for for all different kinds of applications and i think actually you're most interested in kind of the community aspects that are potential with virtual reality yeah a, a virtual communities sort of um escaping the matrix and even transacting like virtual currencies and how they integrate with virtual reality. There's a whole, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And I think it's interesting too. You've given talks about this before, right?
1: Yeah, I have. I mean, I've been interested in it really since I was a kid and I played the Nintendo Virtual Boy back in the early nineties. Like, I was like, Oh, VR, here we go. Uh, I never
0: I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a whole topic on its on its own. Uh, but but <laughs> sovereign tech. For yeah, that. I
0: mean, you know, I'm
1: not even, and I'm a big time gamer, but I'm not even excited about the gaming aspects of virtual reality. I don't even really want to play VR games. I'm interested. Well, one thing I'm interested in is I want to pretend that I want to imagine that I'm in a theater, from the 1980s, and I get to watch like Empire Strikes Back or. I don't know, you know, Blade Runner or something.
0: Now, that would uh, be cool to travel, like essentially travel in time.
1: Right. Yeah. I want to experience that. But I mean, kind of like sort of the the extreme point that I take VR to is that where Bitcoin like turned money virtual, I would like VR to turn property virtual and community, you know, and a lot of, uh, you know, interactions with other people make them virtual. Not that they need to be. That's the only way that they are, um, but. That that's that's a direction that we could go and, and people could experience perhaps some real like freedom. Uh, I mean, imagine somebody. Well, you could
0: do things that you couldn't do in meat space, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, imagine the way like somebody that lives in a very oppressive culture, which you know, really, folks, there's even parts of the United States that are still incredibly oppressive, and you could put on a VR headset. And for a little while, at least, you could, you know, be somewhere that's just the exact opposite of, you know, conservative culture, whatever that may be. Mm. And that could really, you know, until you can, you know, work hard enough to get away from it yourself, uh, that could be a really great pressure release valve, you know, and, and, among other things. But, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, we tested out porn
0: because... <laughs> we, yeah, so one of the first applications, obviously, that's coming out for VR is um, porn. And there's a Pornhub app, right? Yes. Now, now like... I should, we should both say, right, that we really. I don't watch porn. I, maybe I like once every six months, maybe, but not even if that, yeah. like I'm really not a porn watcher. You aren't either. Right, Brian?
1: No. I, yeah.
0: I, I don't care for it. And, and believe me, he's not just saying that cause I'm right here because I don't care. Like if, if you wanted to watch porn, I would be like, yeah, let's do it well, together or something. You yeah. know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't get jealous. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if you did it unless it was like really interfering with your life in some way and clearly having some negative effects. But, you know, There's no problem with Brian saying he watches porn if he did, but he just, neither one of us just really does.
1: No, right. I mean, and I've been on porn sets. I lived in Van Nuys for a while. I mean, I know, I know the deal. And believe me, anybody, if if you spend a little bit of time on a porn set, porn loses a lot of its luster, pun intended.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, that's just, that's how it is. The phrase, you don't want to see the sausage being made, comes to mind.
1: Yeah. And pun intended there, too. (laughs) Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> but uh, but in any case, I mean, you know, so VR porn is definitely the first. And a lot of people think is porn is what's going to take virtual reality to the next level. Um, and Pornhub amazingly came out with a completely free uh, porn videos or, you know, uh, VR porn videos that you can access through the website Though you do need some kind of a front end player, they they have, uh, of course. iOS is so locked down. I mean, iOS won't even allow farting apps. They're sure as hell not going to allow a Pornhub app. Uh, <laughs> they did they did make a VR app that under a different name that will let, that interacts with the Pornhub website, but it's just not directly a Pornhub app on Android. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And not that Google's necessarily any better because they don't allow for you to have the Pornhub app in their in the Google Play Store either. Uh, Google's just as just as bad. So how
0: did you get it? Did you download it right from the the website?
1: The difference is Android because Android is a more a more open system, not a perfectly open system, but a more open system. So you can download alternative app stores or alternative apps oh, outside of the Play Store. you got it from Play the F-Droid store.
0: store. Uh,
1: well, not F-Droid, but just right from their website, which is oh, fine. I mean, that's how you cool. get, that's how most people get software for their computers. So good. You know, I mean, I think that's that's something that, that needs to happen in the mobile space. Gotcha. You know, is to, to download independent apps.
0: Well, that's an interesting aspect of this that I I was blissfully unaware of until just now.
1: <laughs> well, you were just so hooked on the porn. I mean, I put the goggles in front of your uh, face and that was, that was game over.
0: So... I will say we watched so we down Brian downloaded this this app and right. we watched a couple of the videos and we couldn't so one of the biggest downsides for me. We used Google me, Cardboard, by the way. That that's mm-hmm. important to bring up. Okay, yeah. This was, yep. this was not like Oculus Rift here. Yeah. We did use Google Cardboard. Yeah, it was Google
1: Cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Cardboard and my Asus Zenfone Two that, that that did it. Which plenty of power to deliver. this.
0: You got a great phone. You know, I I really like your phone. Um, there was no no problem there, and right. no problem with Google Cardboard either. But one of the things I really dislike about um VR headsets is that I find them very uh hard on my eyes. I I do not like um the cross-eyed stare feeling. Mm-hmm. I can't watch it for very long because my eyes start to hurt. What about you?
1: Well, I don't i don't run into that. There is a, I forget what the exact percentage of the population is, but there is a percentage of the population that may never be able to really take full advantage of virtual reality. Oh,
0: great. Well, that's probably me. I'll be the 1% walking around well, I mean, walk yeah. while everybody else has I,
1: things strapped to their face. You might be the saviors of the human race, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, they, like they get sick easy or... Or maybe they just don 't oh, like the terrible view yeah I mean, stick
0: to my stomach and I'm literally feeling like i 'm holding a cross eyed stare
1: yeah i don 't run into that issue, but I will say that there are plenty of very inexpensive technologies coming very quickly down the pipe that will solve. The motion sickness, what you're describing, I think they'll solve that mm-hmm. as well. A lot of these things would get solved. Uh, well, so that's
0: I, I will keep an open mind, but right yeah. now, for me, it's it's not working too well. And the other thing I disliked about it was that we couldn't enjoy it together. We couldn't sit there next to each other like we could if we were just watching a TV screen. Watch yeah. it together, look at each other, and say, oh, "Did you see that?" yeah whoa i can't believe she just did that yeah oh my god how does she fit it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well that's
1: i mean we kind of could like if we both sat there we both had google cardboard on and we started the video at the same exact time um then then maybe (sighs) we could do it but
0: that's like that's as hard as like having simultaneous yeah, orgasms. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> uh so yeah, that that technology's
1: not really here yet either, but I think that's something that would that'll definitely be coming down, you know, these these uh, you know, group experiences uh that you can have. Yeah,
0: pro- probably, but I mean, it's not there yet. So it definitely felt I felt a little bit lonely and cross-eyed sitting there right. watching it by myself. But I will say um the the video I watched was it looked pretty 3D. It was um, a model that was, like, in the in the hot tub. or She's in your hotel room. Yeah, it's about you're 200 degrees of view.
1: You yeah. Know, a little over 180, maybe.
0: The scene was set up so that she's, like, she's chatting with you. She doesn't want her boyfriend to know about it. He comes over later. They have sex. And you're still watching because you've been Skyping with her before yeah. that or something like that. So, first, she does a little sort of, like, plays with herself and does a little show for you. And then right. her boyfriend comes over. And, I mean, the... The features did look 3D. Um, Somebody said, like, the perspective looked weird, like it looked like the woman was giant or the man was giant. And there were some points where it did kind of look a little bit skewed like that. Like, you could tell it wasn't like you're looking at somebody right in front of you. But, um, you know, it was pretty immersive and, you know, at least somewhat believable
1: yeah you're kind of it's more like you're just in the room not actually in yeah. the experience like that that's really this perspective you get right now i mean and granted we're in the early days but i think those are all fair critiques and the actor
0: uh, was good too she was really like you know leaning over to oh the yeah, camera like good. looking at the camera a lot as though it's really like a point of view kind of experience that you get yeah um so yeah i mean like i thought it was actually like pretty cool well, it's um interesting to look but i around. wouldn't i wouldn't want it to like replace my sex life no no yeah and it I'm, definitely was not not there yet but you know n- not bad i'd give it maybe like a uh a four out of ten stars four out of ten yeah that's be fair i mean if it was two girls but anyway <laughs> well there was videos of that too i mean yeah, yeah. And it's
1: interesting that you can. i mean you i really can't can, fault it for
0: the subject matter <laughs> no
1: right right i mean but you can look around it's it's a pretty fascinating experience um and there's better hardware there's better vr porn um, that other people have tried. And they said that, boy, it you know, it really got them going. Uh, you know, it was really something where there's ones that are more about you being the one, you know, really experiencing the pleasure and all that. I mean, and and somebody's going to mention there's like a suit in Japan where you wear something over your genitals and you get to feel all that stuff. I mean, yeah, that things like that day are probably coming. Of course, coming. There, is. But of course regardless, there is in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but totally for free. And in fact, Pornhub was even offering uh, you know, Google Cardboard, like they were going to ship it to you uh, so that you can try it out. I mean, completely for free. It was interesting. It was a proof of concept. And uh, I personally, I see the potential there. I mean, it doesn't get me going necessarily, but I, I see a lot of potential personally, though. You know, I'll admit something I, I'd rather see is of uh, hentai
0: VR. <laughs> because I mean the experience <laughs> you is can already make, make anything happen you want, because it's it, animated, right? And right. you don't have to have actors doing it. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, reality's reality. If I wanna, you know, have that kind of time in reality, I'll have that kind of time in reality. Uh VR, you know, let's take it to the next level. You know what I mean? And and I think that's where and it's okay if it looks unreal. One of the common things with VR is that uh, graphic, you know, things being hyper realistic is not does not make for the best experiences in VR. So let's do that. Let's try hentai VR. So next embrace
0: time. the unreality of it. Absolutely, <laughs> it's virtual reality for a reason. That's right. Well, Brian, do you fear? I have to ask you something. Okay, there's okay. a poll question here. Poll question. Do you fear the rise of the robo dildos? Of the yes. Robo dildos? No. Or maybe.
1: Uh, it's not going <laughs> to affect me. <laughs> but.
0: I don't know. everybody should be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Why should I be afraid? <laughs> well, that's uh, from an article here I have really quick, just just to end out the show. i've got I've got this thing here from Metro dot co dot uk headline hackers quote could take over your dildo and make it go berserk expert warns is that a great headline <laughs> i love it headline. i think you sent that to me brian so you're just full of good ideas but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what
1: do you want me to do this basically
0: <laughs> no i i i'm glad you warned us about it though because you know really our robot overlords are one are one type of threat but when they're in the shape of um you know, sex toys, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, you know. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) So, basically, this very short and kind of, honestly, like, a little bit brainless article is essentially (laughs) suggesting that sex toys could be a target for hackers. Not that a hacker could just basically hijack a vibrator and make it turn on and off and do things that you didn't ask it to do, but basically that... They could try to get people's credit card numbers and blackmail the manufacturers and things like that. Well, what do you What do you think, as a security expert, as a as a security guy? Yes. are you afraid of this?
1: Well, as somebody that's done a lot of penetration testing. Oh, uh, that, that was terrible. <laughs> that was just terrible. I, I have to. I have to say that. Okay, so really, what this is about. They could have picked any item. Okay.
0: And, and the point is part of the internet of things. Exactly.
1: It's part of the internet of things, or as I call it, the internet of targets or internet of things to be hacked. And really all of these things that connect to your phone or connect to your, you know, your local router and your house, whatever, uh, they're all gateways that potentially lead because, I mean, it's not like you insert your credit card into your dildo. I mean, maybe that's something that happens in some establishments. No, I think it's the other way but, around. Right. You insert
0: your dildo into something
1: else. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but if you did, uh, or I mean, not that if you did, but but where you do put your credit card, that dildo could effectively be a gateway right. to the device that stores all that. That's oh, really boy. what that's all about.
0: So so it's as much of a risk as your blender, or your toaster getting hacked, essentially, is what you're saying, Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you know, admittedly, with that in mind, I don't think there's any point to having a lot of these things connected to, you know, a lot of these Internet of Things devices like toasters, and they're real, uh, you know, <laughs> connecting to your router. The dildo, you know, and, and like having a, a home security system. I mean, I really and want like, to
0: know what the weather is going to be like when I make my toast. I want the button to pre- to tell me what city I'm located right. in. Yeah. What the, head, the news headlines are. No, yeah. I said no one ever. No, <laughs> no, that's all
1: crazy. But, like, what if, you know, when the garage door opens, it alerts the dildo to stop and it's like, oh, somebody's here. You know, and, and then you instantly know, even while you're in the middle <laughs> well, of a that could be good if passion. you're, like,
0: living with your parents or something. Well, but... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or or, or if you're cheating on. on your f- boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> Yay.
1: <laughs>
0: so, that, with you know, your dildo, as far as now, Internet
1: of Things to be connected, well, the dildo's not as crazy as some others I've heard.
0: All right. Well... Thank you so much for joining us on Season 2, Episode 1 of Sex and Science Hour. Lots more to come. You know, this sounds like the ending music, but you know what? The show's not over yet. When There's more. Not over. There's going to be an after show. Stick around. <laughs> You've just heard Sex and Science Hour.
2: Game over play again next week
0: pants for just a few more minutes okay because we're gonna have an after show here yeah so okay this is new we told the listeners we were gonna be back with an after show and i you know i need to work on my hosting skills they're getting a little rusty because quite honestly i I haven't been the main host of a podcast for a while you sound fantastic oh thank you brian you do too i thought that was a good show what did you think
1: yeah i enjoyed doing it i mean i don't want to you know pat myself on the back too much but i thought it it was a good time
0: Oh, we can we can pat each other on the back. That's fine. Or we could okay. we could have some auto back patification. Auto
1: back ratio. All right. Mm. Okay. Uh- <laughs> you know that's something. Uh, you yeah. know the back is not an erogenous zone for me in any way. Like
0: you don't like having your back rubbed or shaved. Like- I've shaved your back. <laughs> Wow, you really had to say that on here. All right. No. Well, I mean, it was really fun. Like, I actually love shaving your back. It's not yeah. really sexual for me. No, yeah. It's so, just fun, you no. know? Yeah, it's nice. And it's fun to see the result,
1: you know? Yeah, I, all right. I like getting, you know, washed down and whatever, like a, you know, like, Who some, doesn't? like it's, some ancient Hebrew gladiator yeah. or something like that. But uh, It's but like but a spa it, treatment. Right, but... Yeah, really, like, overall, like, I know a lot of people are really into, you know, oh, yeah, getting, you know, breaking out the massage oils and getting a massage turns them on. And believe me, if, you know, the person I'm with loves that, I'm going to do it. But, yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, you know, the, like, I really only have pretty much one erogenous zone. That, <laughs> Your brain. Yeah, well, <laughs> mental stimulation is number one at all times. But, uh, yeah, anyway,
0: <laughs> just saying. All right. Now people well, know a whole no lot. One cares. Of this. this is the after show,
1: folks. <laughs> we told you you'd love it.
0: You get to hear okay. all about me. Well, the after show, I mean, this is a good start to the after show because the after show is going to be like even more fast and loose, even yes. more casual. Than the regular show, let's just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get goof off and get silly and have fun on the regular show, but the after show is going to be, like, even fucking worse, okay? All right, all right. <laughs> it's worse. So, get ready. Um, And with that in mind, you know, I forgot to say, like, so, we are recording this in advance of our relaunch date, and... I'm not going to tell you when in advance because right. I don't want you to know, but um, <laughs> I don't want you to judge me for it. <laughs> uh, let's just put it that way. But by the time you hear this, um, you'll hopefully be hearing it on our brand new website, which is SexAndScienceHour.com. Yeah. And we've, uh, we've specifically, we've gone to painstaking lengths to design the website for a podcast, right? Right. And yes. so it should be a great podcast website. And I'm actually like, that's going to be... A great experience I think because I've never I've been podcasting since 2009 okay so it's coming up on well do some math here uh, I guess that would be like seven years of yeah, podcasting which yeah, is absolutely. pretty good and I've never actually had a website that was specifically designed for, for podcast. podcasts so this is going to be like a new experience and I hope it works out
1: yeah well I think it will I mean it and it's not you know websites today they they can't just be tailor-made for like a a specific purpose like a podcast, but now they have to be mobile ready. They have to be, you know, for, me, Oh, there's for so all much, different so kinds hoops, of screens, you have to jump through. TVs. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so I also, you know, and I, and I plan on hosting these shows at ZOG.ninja as well. Um, and we have a whole social media rollout planned. Uh, we're actually, this is kind of, we're going to be on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be. Uh,
0: Thanks to you. We're going to, Brian is
1: going to be on Twitter. Yeah, with Sex and Science Hour. Right. Um. I think there is a Facebook
0: page. Is there a Facebook page? Oh God. Okay. So, I created a Sex and Science Hour community on Facebook. Okay.
1: So I will not be in charge of that whatsoever. But no.
0: yeah, and and I honestly I have I, I'm tell okay. I'm going to solicit feedback from the listeners because I'm not sure if it's worth it or if anybody wants to have a Sex and Science Hour I
1: think this is a great idea.
0: So why don't you let us know if like if you really, really, really want to be part of a Sex and Science Hour Facebook lounge, you know, let's just call it so that you can meet other people who listen to our show and interact with us. Maybe no promises there because, I mean, there are times when I just don't want to look at facebook or deal with it okay. I, I can't see i don't it. want to be on, on everybody's beck and call for free at 24 24 7 on facebook yeah i do not want to get into that because that'll just make the show less fun for me honestly like yeah. I, I don't want to be spending my life on facebook i try to get away from it as much as possible actually
1: yeah i mean there's definitely there's podcasts out there that have facebook groups where the hosts don't get involved at all, and they have another person that moderates it and all, that's that. that's true, but I don't want to do but, that either. Well, that, that feels, feels like cheap.
0: totally like, oh, like my intern can do that, yeah, you know, like yeah, I don't but the reality that. is like we have to make a living, and we don't get paid to be on Facebook. I don't get paid to be on facebook right, and i don't I'm not interested really in creating a situation where I do get paid to be on Facebook because that's not what I prefer to do. I like to do voiceovers and I'm going to work and talk yeah. to my clients and <laughs> do audiobooks and Practice my French accent.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, we definitely will have a Twitter uh, account set up, and I will be eyeing that uh, personally. And uh, we'll also actually, this is something that people, you know, new listener or people that that say never listen to Sovereign Tech, they might not know about. Uh, But there's a website called quitter.no, quitter.no, not Twitter, but quitter. Um, And I will also be managing the. You're such a quitter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'll
1: quit Facebook. (laughs) I I love that
0: name, actually. And the guy who runs it is super cool. You actually had an interaction with him. We should give him a little shout out.
1: Yeah, he, he's a he's a great guy. Uh, sadly, his name is escaping me. right now. Oh, fuck. Second.
0: That looks so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's, that's all
1: right. OK,
0: well, it's the after show. We're playing it fast and loose. Yeah, there you go, folks. but uh, but just a, just
1: a great, great guy to interact with um, and an awesome little service. Quitter is like it's like Twitter with a thousand characters instead of one hundred and forty. And that's the and it's also totally federated, totally open source. It's based off of GNU social, mm-hmm. uh, which it should excite. A lot of people, especially if they're interested in cryptocurrencies and all that other stuff, uh, federated is a good thing. It's not federated as in federal. It's federated as in it's decentralized. Uh, You know, like email is a federated service. It doesn't have like there isn't one central server as much as Google would love it that controls all of email. Okay, there's servers all over the place.
0: Uh, Um, Thank you for making that distinction, because honestly, like when I hear the word federated, I know what it means. Okay, but I have a visceral gut reaction where the first thing I think of is like the federal papers or what is exactly the the, uh... Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The Federalist Papers. That's what I think of Federalist Federalist Papers. Yeah. And I'm transported back to like fourth grade and I'm like, oh, my God. I don't care about this shit. I don't want to read it. No. This guy just wanted centralized power and centralized banks. What the <laughs> hell am I reading? No,
2: anyway, and then
0: yeah. the people, like, you know, the pe- like, we used to be on this radio show called Free Talk Live, which is basically, it was like a libertarian uh, talk show, but we'd get a lot of people who called in who were like, like, it was an open phone show, so anyone could call in. Anybody. And we would get a lot of callers that were like kind of constitutionalist types. And we would get these callers that would, they'll call the show and they'd be like, have you read federalist paper number two <laughs> and and i'd be like no and then they'd be like you ought to be fucking ashamed of yourself this is why what America kind of is american great. are you <laughs> what kind co- you call yourself a patriot uh no i i don't call myself a patriot uh, what are you talking about you haven't read the federalist paper so <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> that's exactly. what i think of right so it's important to, to separate what federated means federated yeah. is actually a good thing um, you know, it's not necessarily completely peer-to-peer,
0: but it, it's right a very on. good thing. Stephanie, get that connotation out of your head. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah,
1: I, but I like that, that you're asking, you know, what, what features perhaps listeners would like. Uh, you know, would they would a Facebook group be viable, uh, you know, and things like this? Uh, but there there will be other social media avenues and all that. Should we mention the Patreon?
0: Not yet. I okay. don't want to ask for money yet, and we're not going to ask for money yet. Right. We're going to do a couple shows and then ask for money. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we should. But that's a good actually excuse to talk about like what our normal after show format is going to be like because mm-hmm. right now we're just gassing and just talking about the show, and that's yeah. fine. And we'll do a lot of that on the after shows as well. But what I'm envisioning, what I'm envisioning for the after shows anyway, and you can tell me your input, Brian, as well. And you can tell us your input, listeners, if you want to, um, is that we're going to do an after show that's going to be us talking, but we're also going to talk about. Um, our Amazon stuff. And what I mean by Amazon stuff is when I've done podcasts in the past, this is a little bit of shop talk. So mm-hmm. just bear with me. Okay, this is like a little inside baseball, but it'll all be relevant to why you're listening to this anyway. So just be patient. Um. So anyway, I've done podcasts in the past and it is hard to make money at podcasting. Most, yes. most podcasters don't make money off of podcasting. If you get into the really big download numbers, if you're getting 10,000 downloads per show, you can strike up a contract with mid-roll which is one of the, basically the only company who who does like farming out of podcast ads. And that's why you hear like a lot of the big podcasts, they'll have, they all have Squarespace, the yeah. Audible, Casper, you know, uh, what was that one? Uh, Nature Box, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan Savage has. Yeah. And so, you know, you get, you get into a situation where the big major podcasts have a few advertisers that advertise on podcasts and they're all kind of vying for those advertisers and they end up on mostly all of them. And- You know, you'll hear those kind of ads on podcasts. A lot of those ads are brokered through a company called Midroll, which basically um, companies who want to advertise on podcasts can go to Midroll and say, hey, we want to advertise on some podcasts. Give us some podcasts that match our description. And they'll put a description of what kind of show they want. You know, maybe they want a clean rating on iTunes and they want... A certain link to the show, a certain demographic. Maybe they're not that picky. Maybe they just want download numbers. And then any show that matches this criteria can put an ad for that company in their podcast and get paid. And it's all brokered through Midroll. Right. So, you know, if you get big enough, you can go to Midroll and say, "Oh yeah, let's let's do some podcast ads." And then you can do live reads for Squarespace and Bol- Casper and Liberates. and uh, Audible dot com. You know, yeah. and <laughs> and you can. Maybe make some money that way. I don't know how much well, money they make. Admittedly, midroll will not. If you're
1: a daily show, they won't. They don't know what to do with you. And if oh, you, they only do weeklies. Yeah, and, that's another
0: thing. There's some content. There's some content restrictions right. and format restrictions. And if
1: you do anything political, supposedly they won't deal with you. That's what I've been told. But then I'm 100 percent certain. Well, they Dan, deal Savage with Dan Savage has midroll, and, and he, he starts
0: every show with a political so, rant about how he supports anyone as long as they're a Democrat. Oh, it's so mind-numbing uh
1: so so yeah so mid-roll you know even if you meet their criteria you might not meet their criteria right i I think they're very sketchy
0: but liberal doesn't count as political right yeah right (laughs) according to them right that's just rational Ridiculous. (laughs) um anyway yeah i I don't want us to get too political either but let's just say we're not republicans or democrats We, we really don't Like, we're just not into politics at all. We we hate all politicians and all political parties. We don't hate them, but, you know, we're indifferent to them. We don't like them. We we don't want to hear it. We're not interested in them. How about this? We're bored by all politics equally. We'd like to ignore it and get it out of our lives as much as possible. (laughs) We
1: believe in equality, the equality that all politicians are equally
2: bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Equally ignore worthy. Uh, If only you could ignore them more without consequences of having them come after you. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, it's hard to monetize a podcast, and we could go the conventional route with mid roll. This show is probably going to get popular enough that we would be able to do that, maybe. Probably. But I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Well, right? I think like, it's- I'm not feel- feeling that model.
1: Yeah, well, and not only that, I think I think it's good to be uh, I'll say I don't mean this in the political sense, but it's good to be conservative. It's good to be cautious. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, in this episode, I had said that it took me four years, you know, before I started being able to reach out to advertisers and have the numbers to do that. But I think part of what allows you know my show to sell is that, OK, this guy's been going four years and he's never missed a beat. You know, you like for every Saturday, yeah. you know it's come out, uh, and so you've got to have that. And I think it's important that Sex and Science Hour, as popular as it was out of the gate, that it yeah, you know, it proves its chops, and b- before it goes that route. But maybe we don't even go that route.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like when you have when you start having advertisers as a podcast, then suddenly you have another customer that you didn't have before, right? Like. Most of the time, when you start a podcast, your listener is your customer, even though they're your customer for free because they're not paying you anything, unless you ask for donations or whatever. But donations. But the main person you have to keep happy is your listener, or they're going to stop listening to you, or they stop donating, or they maybe they stop donating. But I mean, basically, the more people listen, the more potential people are going to donate. So donations and listens are correlated in that way. And it's still it's your your listener is your customer. But when you add on advertisers, then your advertisers are your customers, too. And you got to keep them happy. And sometimes what the listeners want is in conflict with what the advertisers might want. You know, it's hard to make balance that. You know what I mean? Because I, as a podcast listener, and I love listening to podcasts, I do it all day when I'm not doing voiceovers, you know. Right. I I did it all day when I wasn't, before I was doing voiceovers, when I was working in the lab doing experiments all day. I listened to podcasts for ten 10-12 10-12 hours a day Yeah. and I learned so much and I made you know these friends in my head <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, friends with great friends with these people I'd never met um, <laughs> no I'm just kidding but you know podcast is a very personal medium your listeners and, and you can have a great podcast relationship. Yeah, there's a one-way connection. There's there's a one-way connection. It's limited in the nature of it. You know, there's not as much like back and forth or feedback. Right. But you can have a relationship with your listeners, right? But when you start putting advertisers in there, you know, then it's like, okay, well, I have to put this ad in my podcast, and but my listeners don't necessarily want to hear ads. And if I give them too many ads, then they're going to tune out or they're just going to fast forward and it's not going to work out for the advertiser. And And then it's like, You know, it starts to get kind of complicated. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's complicated and it adds on another thing to worry about. And for me, with this show in particular, Sex and Science Hour, the only reason I'm going to, the only way I'm going to stick with it is if it keeps being fun to do. And I think it would be less fun if I had to try to worry about pleasing advertisers right now, you know. And so what I want to do to try to make money off this, because we can't do this for free. That's another thing. We really can't. We can't make Sex and Science Hour and not get paid for it because we're both, look, we're both busy professionals. We have our own businesses. We have our own lives. Right. And it, the reality is, it takes time and work to produce a podcast. And we just can't, doing it for free is not something that appeals to me. I don't know about you, Brian, right? Yeah, what no. Well,
1: like I say, I mean, when I, you know, when I get advertisers for Sovereign Tech, like I feel like it's validating what I'm doing, you know, like, like it, or, you know, when I get donations. Uh, when I get whatever, you know, whatever kind of feedback I get, I feel like it validates what I'm doing. And if I don't get that, yeah, it it can be depressing. Even if you're doing it just for you, it really can get depressing. It's like, wow, I'm really all alone, you know, or something like that. Or nobody values really, you know, what I think I'm putting out great stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you want to get feedback. You want to get market signals or yeah. signals from the world or the universe that you're doing something that, hey, keep going. You're you're on the right track, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> you I mean, want and, to hear that feedback. Right. And the thing with going
1: with the traditional advertising route, it's it's all the things you described, Stephanie. But also you hit, you run into the issue of uh, you might have to check yourself in what you say. And this is the real problem. Oh, yeah. Is that like if, if you're advertising like, OK, me. I don't like guns. If I was advertising for Ruger or something uh, like my my message of I don't like using guns, not that I want to ban them. okay but I don't like them. That would that would be in conflict. You know, it wouldn't be
0: a good fit. Yeah, it does tend to create sort of conflicts of interest sometimes. Sure. Right. So do I do I shut up? Or you know, do I keep
1: going? Well, you just and don't then... take
0: them as an, an advertiser, but then that's one less advertiser you could take, exactly. and what are you going to? You're back to square one, right? You right. No yeah. advertisers.
1: Yeah. So, so that you know, that's a genuine concern. When you bring on advertisers, you do you. There's the potential, unless you put it out front with with the people that you're dealing with. There's the potential that uh, that you lose con- some control of your own show, you know, and that and and part of Sex and Science Hour's strength is I think, and why people loved it was that it was so uncensored. Anything could get said, and that's important,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely I, I do think that's what people liked about our show yeah and you know i I, I was starting to say and thanks for you know going on onto that explaining more about sure. that Brian I appreciate your perspective because you're a podcaster too you've got a lot of experience at this and you, sure. you've got a model for Sovereign Tech that you follow and I've tried different models over the years I've tried donations I've tried having a sort of a a, a supporter club I've never tried the bonus content model maybe we'll get into that at some point yeah. with Sex and Science Hour not right now, not yeah. yet uh, we still have to see if we can keep up with doing like one show a week that everybody gets <laughs> um, <laughs> so I haven't tried the bonus model yet but I've tried having donations Donations. I've tried having monthly donations, recurring donations, and um, I've tried having advertisers on my shows, and I've tried uh, doing affiliate marketing, right? Um, having an f- affiliate link, especially an affiliate link for Amazon, but not that's not the only one. I've I've done affiliate um, relationships with, right? And the one thing that worked was the Amazon affiliate link. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, the 80-20 principle the pr- the Pareto, Pareto principle. Pareto Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. I don't I never know if it's Pareto, Pareto Pareto. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> the 80-20 rule, okay? Yeah. 80% of my money that I was able to make from my shows was was through the Amazon affiliate link.
1: But there's a reason could we like maybe two minutes on that? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. To please critique this because I, we're still, this is all still open for discussion. Okay. Well, None but of if this is really w- set in stone. This is what we're thinking right now. Yeah. But I think anybody listening that wants
1: to start their own podcast or already has one, they're getting a master class and what to do, and what not to do. Oh,
0: hell yeah. We are the masters. <laughs> well, of the I'm just
1: saying, like, because there's a lot of experience in this room right now. <laughs> okay. But, oh, yeah. yeah. I've been
0: doing it since 2009. How long have you been listening to podcasts? How long have you been a Me? podcast consumer? Yeah.
1: 2009 maybe okay so well no i actually i listened to podcasts before like the ipod before they were podcasts Yeah, Yeah, yeah yeah i
0: did too i started listening to my first podcast in 2004 which was free talk live
1: yeah, mine would have been before that. Yeah. Uh, it was actually, it was called Digital Llama Radio. It
2: Digital was, Lama? Yeah. It was Are they
1: a, still around? No. No. And they only did a few episodes, <laughs> but they, they, it was this group of guys. It was a star, it was essentially a Star Wars podcast, but this was in like oh, 2000. Oh, so cool. Yeah, this is like 2000, 2001.
0: Yeah. Um, and There's a lot of people that claim to have invented podcasting. Well, it's these all guys bullshit. Had... People thought of the idea at the same time. I yeah, don't think anybody yeah. really invented it.
1: I Sadly, I can't find copies of the show, but it was magic. Like, mm. like what they did was, was just brilliant. And I was hooked. I, I couldn't get enough anyway. Wow. That's uh, cool.
0: So digital llama, if you're, if the person responsible for or the people responsible for that are out there listening, get in touch with Brian, yeah. send him your archives. We'll yeah. do something with them. Huh? Boy,
1: I, Chris Hanel was the name of the guy that ran that show. I'll never Chris forget Hanel. that. But anyway, um, thank you for your service, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. 15 years ago, you rocked it. Uh, so, all right. Now with the Amazon affiliate link, I see now I kind of have a theory. I don't think affiliate links work and it's not because people don't buy the product. Like I don't, I think, I think the businesses themselves are ridiculous for doing, for wanting to sell things via affiliate. Um, because like Adam and Eve, I might be shooting us in the foot here.
0: (laughs) Well, we we're not doing this podcast to get Adam and Eve as a sponsor. So go ahead, say whatever you want, and they don't listen to it anyway. (laughs) No, right,
1: right. So who cares? Just for example, we'll take Adam and Eve. It could be anybody. Okay, okay. They run off of now. They run off of you know completely affiliate marketing. Right. As in a podcast can play it. They have a promo code. People can use that promo code, and the podcast then gets part of the sale from something they use that promo code.
0: Right. But they don't pay you to run the ads they they say well you you have our permission to go ahead and advertise for us and if anybody actually goes through and completes a sale we'll give you a kickback but they don't pay for that real estate right they'll pay for (laughs) polluting everyone's podcast with an ad that they didn't necessarily ask to hear yeah and i expect right and i don't think in
1: the logic for like adam and eve is that well if you're actually going to do well for us you're going to do well by all these sales you know that you're going to get and i think that's bullshit because you know especially with podcasts this isn't radio okay this isn't tv necessarily podcasts go on forever you know as long as you have them up on some server somewhere they go on yeah and there there is all you know there is
0: always a point to where
1: uh how to describe this exactly?
0: There's a lot of value there, and some companies don't see that value necessarily. Yeah, they, they think their only value is in if if somebody gets a sale, that's right. the value that they get. But you know,
1: and like, also they're I, they're asking they're asking for in their terms as a business, they're asking for shelf space with. Kind of no guarantee. Of sale. Like a business wouldn't operate that way. A business right. would not just give up shelf space for free. Exactly. Nobody would do that. Exactly. And they're expecting podcasters to do that when the you know so much of so much of the economy is cyclical. There's the chance that the ad deal. That you pay, you know, the say if I was Adam and Eve that I paid for six months ago in six months could go over huge mm-hmm. just based upon the cycle or whatever the case, you know, however that ends up shaping up. And so they have they, I don't think these companies respect the, uh, you know, the 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 avenues, the venues that they are offering out this affiliate marketing, uh, you know, out to. So I think affiliate marketing is bullshit. You can add on. You can tack on. <laughs> OK, 15 percent you know, like, uh, well, you know, I'll pay you such and so much, like you could do a hybrid deal or, okay, I'll pay you for the, the ad space or the shelf space. But, uh, and then, then I'll give you a little percentage on top and whatever gets sold. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing tracking metrics either. Like if you have a specific link that takes you somewhere, all those things are fine. But anyway, the point I want to bring up with Amazon, the reason I think that this works is because Amazon is a unique animal. On the entire planet. Because it is,
0: it's where people buy stuff online. It's where I mean, you buy I, anything. That's the thing. Today, right. I bought something on a website that wasn't Amazon, and it felt strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Th- th- because th- most of my online shopping I do there, and yeah. I think a lot of people are very similar to that. Right. That's Maybe the- you could comment on that. Is that scary? Maybe a little bit, but, you know. Well, it's a monopsony. Yeah, Not a monopoly. It's getting close. It's yeah. a monopsony, and it's the first what one What is I a think- monopsony?
1: Well, a monopsony, okay, so a monopoly, everybody knows what a monopoly is. Monopoly right, is when, when- one
0: company dominates the market and has right. pretty much exclusive right. dominion yes,
1: over it. Exactly. It's to where a monopsony is one company controls the distribution. Okay, that that's a monopsony. And and both are, in my opinion, equally dangerous. But that's what Amazon's becoming. It's the first one the world will ever really see, like a real, you know, version of it, Hmm. Um, or at least the the most practical implementation of it. And I don't think it's a good thing, but it's there. But you can get anything. All the things we just talked, sex toys, you know, you you go down the list, you can get there. So, yes, it works because it's what it's a one stop shop. Well, You're advertising for everything in one little advertisement. So I think. In, so my point is, is that in the world of affiliate marketing, Amazon is a, is a very special case, very unique case.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. And as you were talking, I was I'm thinking, yeah, you know maybe this isn't such a good idea because Amazon doesn't value us. They don't even know who we are. They don't give a shit, you know. (laughs) Um, And they'd probably be quick to jump on us or terminate us if we did something that they didn't like or whatever. Well, Um, I mean, but... but, Wait, wait, let me finish my thought. So um, I think, like with you were talking about with Adam and Eve and with other uh, companies that advertise on podcasts, but only will do it in exchange for affiliate commissions and won't pay for the advertising space. Mm -hmm. I think... Like yeah, it's true. If they really if they really if they really wanted to get the bank for their buck, honestly, if they wanted it to work out better for th- I think it would work out better for them, the company who's advertising, if they sponsored the show. Yes. Because they're helping to develop the platform, they're helping to engender real goodwill on the part of the host where the host really wants them to succeed and is going to help them try to get results for them. Yeah. And also to engender goodwill on the on the behalf of the listeners of the exactly. podcast. Because listeners appreciate it when somebody makes their show possible that they love to listen to every week. Yeah. When, they don't necessarily want to be the one to make the show possible to sponsor it financially, but they appreciate it when somebody else does and they will be indebted to them yeah, in a way. <laughs> this is the other
1: <laughs> right. This is the other aspect where affiliate marketing is bullshit. Because other than Amazon, like we said, because the listeners, when the listeners know that a company is paying, you know, uh, is paying for advertising on their content, you know, on the content that they're listening to. Um, like that says something that that's like, oh no, no, this, this business gets my show. Yeah. You know, the show that I listen to. Yeah. And so I am going to frequent
0: them because they are, they are my kind of business. Right. They're someone I want to be. Closer to.
1: Yeah, especially when it's a show that has, like, perhaps an ideology wrapped around it or something. Like, it becomes very important mm-hmm. that it's not just affiliate marketing. In fact, if affiliate marketing, I really, I think, by and large, it's an insult.
0: And, yeah, it's and, really sending, when when a, when a company sponsors a show, it's really sending a message like, hey, we're a good fit. This is my p- kind of people, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that goes a long way. Right. And, and one other point I just want to bring out, not that it's going to do anything for Sex and Science Hour, but... I think it's important to mention that I think the Amazon affiliate link, as successful as it is, is something that's going to go away eventually. Because the Amazon Echo is taking over like no tomorrow. And you can't use an affiliate link, as I understand it, through the Amazon Echo. Uh, And so if people just start ordering things only through their Amazon Echo, which is that whole thing Alexa that you talk to, and and that's kind of its purpose is for you to interact with Amazon as a store uh, through it. You know, if, if, if you're only going to go through that, like those affiliate links are, you know, they're going to go the way of the dodo. Uh, so, so that, that's something to keep in mind too. But anyway. Since we hammered all that out, where do we yeah, go next? <laughs> I mean, that's a
0: good point about the Alexa. Um, and that's totally true. Like, Amazon's affiliate program, there's some flaws in this strategy, right, that we're doing sure. with Sex and Science Hour, because which we haven't quite explained yet. Yeah. <laughs> we are going for, what, to what, explain it. No, no, 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, not okay. too bad. But it's been fun. You know, time flies oh, yeah. when you're having fun. I think this Brian. is a
1: very useful Oh yeah.
0: Uh, a conversation. I do too, and I think our listeners will will appreciate it cuz it just gives a, them a glimpse of like what it's like to be a podcaster. I am the great p- and
1: mighty Oz. So,
0: no, you're not. I pulled back the curtain. No, you're not.
1: <laughs> I, I, I was just referencing Oh, you're the pulling, word, back pulling back the curtain. the
0: curtain. That's cute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I am
1: not the great and mighty Oz. <laughs> so,
0: what the hell was I saying? Anyway, um <laughs> So, it's totally maybe there's some flaws with the strategy because it's totally possible that Amazon could take away their affiliate program tomorrow. You know, they could totally terminate my account. They could terminate the whole thing, you know, (laughs) they could change it in such a way so that it doesn't make sense anymore. They could do all number of things, but for now, I think it's going to work. And so we're going to try it and see how it works. And if if it really doesn't work, we'll find another, you know, we'll find another avenue. But so here's what I think. Um, Oh God, where to start with this? Basically, I think that if a podcaster like us, okay, so here's my logical thought process about how and how much I want to get paid for Sex and Science Hour. Okay. I think if we put out a certain like amount of content every week, let's say an hour because our show's an hour, not counting the after show. Okay. we put out an hour of content a week and it takes us, let's say, one to three hours, it definitely doesn't take us one hour, but let's say it takes us three hours to make all said, said and done. Yep. Put... Recording the show, editing, posting, exporting, yada, yada, all that bullshit. Posting it online, promoting it. So if it takes a certain amount of time to produce a certain amount of content, um, we have a target goal of what we'd like to get compensated for that time that that we spend making that entertaining podcast that hopefully right. people like and enjoy. Right, And especially if we see that a lot of people get value out of our show because they listen to it, Then it's reasonable to expect that if they're getting value out of it and they're sending us signals that they're getting value by listening to our show, downloading it, sharing it and all that. If we're getting signals that they're getting value, it's reasonable to expect that, yeah, we're on target with how much, you know, with wanting to be compensated for giving that value out to the world. Yeah, sure. Okay. So... That's part one of my my theorem. I'm like laying out this logical proof. Um beautiful.
1: You got the blackboard, you're nude. No, you're not nude, you're wearing that like hot teacher outfit.
0: No, sorry. So ahead. I kinda have like I kinda have like a like a number in mind that I'd like to get paid for the show. Um I would like Ideally, I would like to make a thousand dollars a month from doing Sex and Science Hour once a week, putting out a free podcast that's at least an hour long to everybody in the world. So two hundred fifty dollars an episode. Yes, and I don't want to. I don't want to have ads in the show. I don't think we're going to get there with ads either. Sure. You know, um, I don't think it's even. It's almost like YouTube advertising, where the market has been flooded and the price has been driven down. I don't think we're going to get there with advertisers. I don't want to try to get it, get there with advertisers for all the reasons we just detailed. I would like to make that much. If we don't hit that target, um, you know I' do I'll still do the show at least for a while because I understand that it takes time to build up. But yeah. eventually, I'd like to get to that level. I don't really care how we get to that level level. You know I'm open I'm almost agnostic about how we get to how we get paid as long as we do get paid because I think if we get paid, then that is feedback from the world from the listeners out there, from the universe. Right. I don't mean to sound woo-woo or anything, but, like, that's feedback that we're getting from somebody, from multiple somebodies, yeah. that we're doing something that they like. And think, to keep doing it. Yeah, I <laughs> right? think
1: Patreon's going to end up being kind of the...
0: Well, and, and and Money Talks, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's great when people say, oh, I love your show, and plenty of people have said that. Yeah. And that's great. Um, you know, but I'd like a little bit of... Um, I'd like to use this as a way to pay some of my bills too. Yeah. You know, and money is like, if you have a company, if you have a business and people say, Oh, your product's great, but then nobody buys it. That's a problem. Cause you're, you need that feedback. You need sales to tell you you're doing something worthwhile that you should keep doing. And I, I feel that way about a podcast too. Why shouldn't a podcast be, be just like that? You know, so we need some, we need to get paid in order to hear that feedback that people like our show that we're gonna uh, that we're gonna keep doing well, it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's value for value. That that's it's
0: value for value. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean that that's really what it comes down to. I think
0: now we do get some value from just talking and having our opinions heard. It's A lot of fun, but we obviously we can't pay our bills with fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One day, <laughs>
0: wouldn't that be great if fun was the currency of the world? Oh boy, I'll tell you. Oh man, I mean. Sadly, and, a lot of
1: there'd still be a ton of poor people, I think.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I already feel very wealthy in terms of fun. You yes. Know? And I, I could there are lots of fun things I could do besides do the podcast. This is admittedly very fun, but it's not the only way to have fun out there. So right. I do think I I need to be, you know, like just to hear that through money <laughs> that this is like something that's worth doing. And I don't want to do it with advertisers like we just said. Yeah. Um. I want to get paid in a way that's also fun for the listeners. I don't want it to be drudgery. You know, I don't want them to have to sit through ads and then have to, like, feel guilty for not supporting our sponsors or shopping through our whatever affiliate links we do. I don't want them to um, feel guilty because they don't send donations or have to try to remember to send donations. That's a hassle, especially when you're talking about Bitcoin. Oh, man. Like, you know, there are so many shows that I listen to that I would like to support. And if I really sat down and thought about it and said, you know, is, are my actions consistent with, is my spending consistent with, um, my actions of like the podcast that I listen to? Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of, in other words, there's lots of podcasts that I get immense enjoyment out of that I don't send enough money to, (laughs) that I should probably, I could, and should, and would like to send more money to. But for whatever reason, I just don't. You know, I don't, I don't think of it. I tune out ads. I tune out their pleas for donations. I don't want to sign up. But I think when you give people, like, a really good reason to give money that doesn't feel painful and doesn't feel annoying and doesn't piss them off, they'll do it, you know, <laughs> gladly. So with all that in mind, here's my plan. Do an after show. Yep. Amazon affiliate links, I think the the sole reason it worked so well for me in my past podcasts that I used one of them on was that Amazon shows you, the affiliate link holder, um, the things that people buy through the link.
1: doesn't show you the people.
0: It doesn't show you who you bought buy. it. That's very important for your privacy. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. It doesn't show me who bought it. It just shows which items were purchased through the link. So I can... Sp- Spy on it. Yeah. <laughs> not, I can't spy on you because I don't know who you are, but I can see what was purchased, and then I can use that to create content. Right? We can talk about it, and it's always tons of and fun. And it's fun, and it's interesting, and it's not just like a product placement ad because it's different every week, right? Depending on what was purchased through the link, it's going to be different every week, and it's going to lead to discussion. It's going to bring up issues. It's going to lead to discussions, so it won't feel like drudgery. It won't feel boring. Hopefully this will be something that people want to listen to. And in an added bonus, just to make it even that much less intrusive. If you don't want to hear the after show, you don't have to listen to it. You can listen to all our content for free and then just delete the podcast before you get to the after show. But... We're counting on the fact that you will want to listen to the after show because I think it's a clever, fun idea. Yeah, I agree. Personally. <laughs> I, no,
1: I, I love it. In fact, it's really, it is a lot of fun. And uh, in fact, I remember on your previous show, you know, there were, uh, somebody had bought like a, a DVD of uh, Godzilla, or uh, Godzilla, of course, as it's called in, in America. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, I was able to just kind of go into this 10 minute, you know, little little talk about gojira and i was like "Well, oh, this is this is fantastic i was like you know there's <laughs> no other reason for me to talk about this except somebody bought like you know a dvd of a, of a new of a movie that finally made it to the states uh and I, and I just thought that was really cool so yeah it's it's lots of fun not i mean certainly people were buying like pink helmets and and, and sex toys and all this other stuff and we got to talk about those too, oh that was
0: so much fun when yeah. that happened like yeah, we actually had some people somebody um i i don't know for sure who it was although we did have someone come up to us at a conference once and give us a clue that it may have, may or may not have been them that purchased these items. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, people are buying, like, underwear. People are buying, like, you know, dress, like, costumes to dress up in. People are buying sex toys. People are a bunch of freaks, okay? And, <laughs> I love it. And it's good. You know, I like it. Well, whatever. No, I'm not going to say it's good. You can be a freak. You can be not a freak. What the hell does freak even mean? It's neutral, you know? It's, right. I accept it and I'm not going to judge you and I, you know, whatever, I'll leave it alone other than that. But it's fun to see what people bought and to talk about it and to use it as a way to create content for our show. And you can listen to it or not. And hopefully that'll, hopefully that'll be enough. And it'll, it'll be like a win-win because we get content out of it. We get money out of it. You get more content out of it. And you know, if you want to contribute to that content, you All you have to do is just shop, do your normal shopping through that link. Absolutely. And what is that link? Well...
1: It'll be in the show notes.
0: <laughs> it's going to be in the show notes. But yeah, I'm thinking stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So so if you go to stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, maybe a mouthful to type in the first time, but you really only have to do it once because what you can do is go to the link. Bookmark it. Yep. Clear your cookies first because, you know, I think... I think Amazon affiliate links work off of cookies. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But one one podcaster who has one tells people to clear their cookies. I don't know if you really have to do that, but eh. no. I let's think do some research. If you
1: type in com. OK. And it, cookies are not. Yeah. Like, and, and then wherever where that takes you, you hit bookmark. You're yes. all set, And just name the book bookmark bookmark Amazon. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: So so stuff.sexandsciencehour.com and then you just do your shopping and you're good. Yeah. And and then it'll show up. Excuse me. It'll show up on our after show at some point. So you'll have a confirmation that we got it yeah that it worked <laughs> yeah that it worked and now we do we we are planning to sort of do a little bit of um fudging of the record dates for our shows <laughs> not fudging but like last time we did sex and science hour in season 1 uh, which we're now on season 2 but in season 1 of science sex and science hour we actually had a release date in mind we were releasing the show like on Thursdays or something yeah and We were trying to record, you know, just one each week and oftentimes it would get to be Tuesday and we'd be like, all right, we have to plan the show. Wednesday, uh, yeah, we really should record the show. Thursday, oh shit, we got to record the show. Wednesday, (laughs) Thursday night, oh fuck, we really have to record the (laughs) show. So it would be like that. And we don't want that to happen again, because right. that was not fun. That was another thing that made the show less fun for me having those having those deadlines. So right. my solution to that, because i still I still think it's better for a podcast to have consistency, you know, yes. to come out the same day every week without fail, like Sovereign Tech does, which Absolutely. Brian deserves a fucking medal for that because Thank he's you. awesome at it. <laughs> you are very consistent. And that really builds up trust with your listeners. They yeah. know your show's going to come out every they know your show's going to come out every Saturday, right, which Sovereign Tech does. And I want, excuse me. I want Sex and Science Hour to be like that. I want people to look forward to Fridays because they know that on Friday here comes Sex and Science Hour. Here we come into their ear holes, Love. ready to. <laughs> <laughs> I, essentially, we might
1: record them in batches at times and release them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We
0: yeah. so so that's our solution to that. The timing problem is to build up a buffer of shows and have a couple shows done in Mm -hmm. advance, hopefully. And so this week that we're recording this show... We plan to record some other shows this week and hopefully build up a buffer of content so that if we have to skip a week for whatever reason, which happened often in Sex and Science Hours season one, well,
1: especially it won't the, be a problem. Right. I mean, and at that point, it really, it happened a lot because Because Bitcoin we were traveling so much. Big oh, deal. fuck. We were going to so many that <sighs> Holy I mean, shit. It, it happens. Yeah. yeah. It really does happen. Yeah. So. That was
0: a stressful time. I mean, but, you know, life doesn't necessarily get less stressful. We are traveling less now because the... There yeah. aren't as many Bitcoin conferences, especially not ones we want we'd like to go to. Yeah, um, and we haven't been going to as many conferences as we did in 2014, but um, we're still busy. We've got our own projects that we're working on. Right. Sometimes I get just loaded down with audiobooks. Yeah, you know, sometimes I get loaded down with other short form voiceovers, and it's great. I love it when people hire me. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I love doing
0: voiceovers, but you know, sometimes. It, uh, after talking all day, I'm not going to necessarily feel like right. recording a podcast. Well, so I like to have some flexibility on that.
1: Yeah, and it's important too. Like I think people, you know, there's no need for for every show or really any show to be a current event show. Like it's not like there is anything. Yeah, that, I agree. Like so much. <laughs> yeah, the 24 hour news cycle is shit. Like, <laughs> the, the, like it is. It, you when you are promising. Constant current events and all this stuff, and everybody's got to be, you know, at the moment, at the minute, at the nanosecond, you know, to talk about some kind of news or whatever. First off, what happens is, is I think you don't get the whole story because you, like we were kind of talking about earlier, about processing things. Mm-hmm. you Kind of need to process news, oh, otherwise yeah. you find out, you know, there's very different things uh, that are going on, like the Apple versus FBI case. Boy, it was nuts. So many people are like, oh, I stand with Apple, and if they waited like three hours, they would have found out. Wait a minute apple wasn't like protecting this guy's privacy emerge. yeah you know because they were willing to hand over his iCloud data in no time the, apple's not a good company mm-hmm. uh you know or heroic anyway uh
0: and and so it's not what they th- thought yeah. right
1: right so you don't want by the minute you know so if stuff's done in batches if it's recorded ahead of time that's fine oh we yeah gotta slow down on our news anyway <laughs> yeah i mean really the 24-hour news cycle ends up so many problems you get You get a a complete lack of understanding, I think, of a story. And it ends up in many times where I think people create news. Like, I mean, you know, it's mind boggling to me. Mashable. Here, I'll I'll call out Mashable. Mashable does stories about, did you see this tweet? Like, call that (coughs) fucking journalism? Are you fucking high? That's news now. Like, that's (laughs) great. That's how bad your news cycle is. You have to do a breakdown of a
0: tweet? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Sometimes there's more than one tweet even embedded into the story. Oh, man. Oh, I know. Like, just sit there and jerk off. That would be more newsy than that. Yeah, I mean, and you'd feel better. <laughs> right. So, Yeah, yeah. So it is ridiculous what passes for news nowadays. I do think you're right. We need to all slow down. Yeah. So recording so. in batches, <laughs> recording in batches is a fine yep, thing. I don't see any problem uh, with you know, that. And I don't think our listeners will either. No, because, because it's we, gonna be We're not talking about, like hard news we're talking about interesting issues maybe they happen to be timely maybe yeah. not but always entertaining fun and entertaining yeah. that's our goal for this we'll, show
1: we'll leave the hard news to uh to, to kermit t frog he's, oh. he's just he is a fantastic that oh guy.
0: <laughs> kermit t frog here ready for the news to brian has a great <laughs> kermit the frog voice oh my god well he is a I great journalist
1: it. you know he is always there ready to go with the news i mean if it's a sure house is. going down with pigs
0: inside he's got that he's trench there. coat with the press badge on he's as serious take on as a, a heart world. attack
1: you know what i mean <laughs> it's not easy being green
0: no so, it's not anyway but brian i love your kermit the frog <laughs> voice you can hire brian for a voiceover if you go to zog.ninja yeah you c-m-g. have the information Ninja. there yep. and you can hire me for a voiceover if you go to smvoice.info or just email me whatever through sex and science hour yeah, I don't care how you get in touch with me. All our links, but I'm more likely to see it if it's through my voiceover website. But all
1: these links, all our social media links, obviously will be in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and I think let's wrap up here because sounds good to me. Okay. Thank you for listening to Season Oh God, no! No, 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 Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us, Sex and Science Season Two. That's <laughs> my